Amen. Amen. I need I need to pray. You know, can I pray? Abba Father, I love you and I come before you. Just Lord, here I am. And I'm asking for grace and wisdom as we walk through your word and bear the burden of submitting ourselves to you and to truth. And I say, Abba Father, have mercy on us. Remember that we are drawn from the dust to the ground and our frame is weak and we are here for just like a vapor, it's gone. And ask for your grace and favor now, please. In the name of your son, I'm asking, amen. Um, We need to dig in on some things. Let's talk about the fear of man, fear of God for a second. Um, What is worry? Uh, It's a state of mental distress or agitation. Yeah, anybody here worried? Man, I do. I'm going to be open about that. And by the way, you can worry about what is real or what is perceived. Anxiety and emotion characterized by apprehension. And your body actually starts to physically respond to this. Now, for a lot lot of the folks that see me, their anxiety is imagined. And that's part of the stuff. That's why you do therapy, right? To try to figure out, is this real or is it imagined? Are you making something bigger than it really is? That's to catastrophize. Or is there something really, really upsetting? And and this is bad. You've got the ACT on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. And if you don't nail it, and get at least to 26, you're in trouble to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars. So you got some anxiety. Well, that's, yeah. Sometimes we have anxiety over some very, very real things. What about fear? Well, it's really primal. It's basic in the brain. It's an intense emotion. It's hormones. And it is designed to get us ready to fight. Fight in flight, this, this fear thing. It's real. Um, let's talk about fear triggers and I want to ease into this. So let's go ahead and just get clean here for a bit. Okay. Can we just get clean? Um, there's an occasion or two when I might get a little stabby, a little snarky about this. And uh, I did send out some, some things about Roll Tide yesterday to some people who would go, woo, pixie, and all that stuff. And, uh, man. This caused me anxiety. And then, and then there's this, you know. Ooh, so um, I want to say, Dale, thank you for being a good sport and not getting mad at me. So, um, uh, so I'm, I am uh, Krisha. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> you did. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, man, wow, what a win. But, but um, you know... The Razorbacks won, and that's. Do the Razorbacks play Tennessee? Do they play? They don't. Oh, too bad. So, let's talk about fears. Anybody afraid of dogs? That would be awful. Can you imagine that dog on a bad day, just coming at you? I mean, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be tough uh, to be attacked by? Uh, what is that? A Pomeranian? That could be a lethal. I mean, they could go for the juggler. I mean, this, could, this is serious harm here. Um, I'm easing you into it. Um, what about hornets? Anybody fear trigger on hornets? Anybody? Amen. So hence the, the, the nest here. True story. I'm probably three and a half years of age, four years of age, maybe. 
And right at our garage way in, in uh, eight, number 82 Buffum Road, Pelham, Massachusetts, uh, is my garage. And there's a whiskey barrel right next to that doorway. It's a decorative thing. And my bio father was working on the car. I think he was doing some, something with the brakes. Um, that's all I can remember is the car was there and some tools. And I'm a little boy, right? I mean, how much damage can a three-and-a-half, four-year-old boy do, right? I'm not going to jerk the jack out of the car and it's going to come down on his head, nothing like that. I don't know what I did, but it was bad, whatever it was. And so he grabs me up and he slams me down on top of that whiskey barrel, okay? And hornets started coming out of the barrel. And in my, this is called an eidetic memory, it's very vivid. I see the hornets flying around my face, okay? And I, I know one thing after that, I was more afraid of him than I was the hornets. And then the screen goes black. I don't know if I passed out, I don't know what happened, or I'm just blocking it or something, but it goes black. I don't know the story uh, beyond that, but it's real. And so do you think that's a trigger for me? Sure. I'm a big boy, right? 62 in December, or, or January rather, and I'm tough. I, Ain't scared of a hornet. Well, something is triggered in me. And if I see one and I get a chance to kill it, I have this odd need to prove that I'm not afraid of it. It's my brain. It's real. And I'll, I'll kill him like this, mid-flight. So, just a hornet. I'll slap him on the wall. Doesn't matter. Kill it. Right? Face my fears. Did you catch that little phrase? Facing your fears. What about this one? Many phrase snakes. Man, good old Arkansas copperhead. There is no way I would do that. <laughs> I mean, no way. Now, when I wore a younger man's clothes, I used to teach repelling and. I'd, I'd go over the edge of a cliff like it was nothing. As long as I was tethered in, you know, I'd, I'd be fine. Now, when I get close, I turn to jello. It's a brain response which says, stop moving. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> and I will, I will literally want to go down. It's, it's a system in our brain that says, hmm, you're not being smart. You're getting too close to the edge. I'm going to make you sit down. Man, I cannot believe that. Um, what about this one? You worked hard, you saved your money, you're now in Florida, and you're out there on your little floaty, and it's like, and that thing goes by. Think that would be a fear response? Oh my goodness. But it was just a porpoise. So. Oh, no it wasn't, you were wrong, it's that right there. This is bad, this is really bad. This is bad, talk about a predator. That's like a water grizzly, in case you don't know that. They're bad. They're bad. What about these kinds of predators? You don't even want to know what they're in for. You want that around your family? Your kids? Uh-uh. Would, you, would a fear response kick in? Yeah. What about that one? A zombie attack? Wouldn't that be terrible? By the way... I have a new life in Christ, and I want everyone to know that I've never seen that show. And I'm just enjoying that, my, 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 my faith and resisting that terrible show. Why would you, yeah, get in all 
scared by zombies. Um, is there anything worse than liver? Liver and onions? Who would do that? Bruce, would you do that? Oh, 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 my mother, God bless her soul. She snuck beef tongue to us one night. Yes, who would do that? That's child abuse. And then, of course, she's giggling while we're eating it. Mm, oh, this is so good. Mm. And then when everyone had it, she goes, guess what? Do you know what you're eating? And we're like, oh, no, shake. And she said, no, that's beef tongue. And it was like, ah, oh, what mother in her right mind would do that to her kids? Ugh, liver and onions, yeah. What about that? You know, one of the things that we fear profoundly is being lonely. Being lonely. You know? And loneliness takes a lot of different forms. Uh, you could be lying next to your spouse be the loneliest man in the world, loneliest woman in the world. You could be in a conference room with colleagues and employees and all those things. Loneliest place. You can be surrounded by people and literally feel like you're the loneliest man or woman in the world. It's real. We fear a lot of stuff. So what are we afraid of? I kind of want to stir you up before we get into the scriptures. Well, I think we're afraid of harm, right? Physical, psychological violence. We're afraid of things. We compensate by seeking protection. We get angry. We get abusive. We become violent first. You know, it's like, hit them before they hit you. <laughs> That'll do it, you know. Um, that's a tough one. What about we fear unmet needs? Our needs for relationships, food, clothing, money. So we're going to provide. Sometimes we force it. Sometimes we manipulate. We seek perversion. What about fear of failure, non-compliance, disappointment, inadequacy? We fear that we're not going to get the attaboy. We're going to strike out at bad, or uh, we're not going to get a review, get a good review at work, etc. So we do our best to submit and comply, and so that we don't fail. It's, it's a big deal. Um, we fear shame. We feel that fear that we're going to be exposed and labeled as guilty, condemned, we're evil, we're failure. So we lie, we cover up, we hide, we ignore, we become bitter sometimes or indifferent. You just I don't care, you know. It's a way of compensating for a fear of shame. What about fear of exclusion? We're just lonely. We feel separated, isolated, rejected. So sometimes we please, we appease, we even pay for attachment. Um, these are real things that we are afraid of as humans. Why do we struggle with fear? Well, I think we trust our own will and wits more than God's. Like we're smarter than God. What do you think? We're afraid of losing control. Afraid we're going to be neglected. If we really do it God's way, yeah, I don't know. Might not turn out so well. We're afraid we're going to be embarrassed and isolated if we have the fear of God. We're afraid we're not going to be happy if we are no longer free to gratify ourselves outside of his will. Isn't that kind of what we all are secretly seeking, just to be happy? Don't you want to be happy? So here's some questions. Can we be happy 
have meaningful and fulfilling lives without the fear of God? Kind of, kind of go ahead and respond. Can we be happy and have a fulfilled life outside of the fear of God? Right? Okay, your parents have it. Gotcha. Anybody else? What's that? I'm so sorry. Oh, who said that? Oh, he said, okay, Madison, no, we cannot. Okay, yeah. Anybody else? Okay, yeah, what's your measuring stick? That's good. That's very good. What about this question? Is the fear of God something that will eventually be forced on us all? You're getting a little nod from Sabrina. Yeah, maybe. Anybody? What do you think? David? Yeah. Anybody? Everybody's going to meet him one day. Philippians 2, every knee will bow. Every, yeah. I mean, it's coming, right? It's coming. What about this one? Did Jesus fear God? What do you think? Let's dig into some scripture. This is... This is going to be important. So I want you to be clear on the terms. So this is a Hebrew word. Okay. Morah. Morah. It's used about 13 times. The morah of you and the morah of you will be on every animal. Animals are going to be instinctively afraid of you. Morah. This is yirah in Hebrew. And it's, it's because ja, uh, Jacob is talking. Uh, there's no fear of God in this place. Used 42 times. Here's the big one from the root year. This is yere. And that's used 314 times. So that is the heavy duty word, yere in Hebrew. Uh, Don't fear people, fear God. Most common word for fear in Hebrew. The Greek word uh, for that, oh, there's your verb, and then um, the verb phabos. So 93 times on for that. And then 47 times on Fabas. So the, the range of meaning, the semantic range of meaning, fear can be translated. This is tough. This is not ear candy. These terms can be changed as raw terror and horror. Like the fear of God. Like horrified, terrified at the wrath of God. It's a pretty serious word, right? But then it also can have in its semantic range on the other end, deep respect and even awe. So it's, it's on that spectrum. And which one is the right one? Well, context is going to be the one that determines that. How do you define it? Look at what Job said. Man, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. So if you want a definition, man, there it is. There it is. Um, how serious is the fear of God? Well, when, when Paul goes through a description of people and their fallen nature, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and he says some serious stuff. But when he gets to the last thing in this litany, he said, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Of all the goofy, bad things people do, he ends up by saying, They don't have the fear of God. This is a really serious section of scripture. I know, again, it's tough, but you need to appreciate this. Jesus said this. This is Jesus getting the disciples ready to do mission work. And he's going to send them out. 
And he knows they're going to experience persecution. And so he says to them, this is the pregame talk, right? Don't be afraid of those who can, by implication, arrest you and, and execute you, kill the body. But they can't touch the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be afraid of anybody, you better get it straight. You need to fear God. That is what Jesus said. All right. Now, here we go. Christ esteem. If we claim to be those who name the name of Jesus and follow the way of Jesus, we can't skip over that. If we're going to be afraid of anything or anyone, we've got to be afraid of God. All right. What about fear of man? Uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were struggling with Jesus and how to handle this guy. They realized he was giving parables against them and they got so enraged. Verse 46, they sought to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they considered him a prophet. John 7 says, even among those who started to be his disciples, they wouldn't speak openly about Jesus because they feared the Jews. The fear, you ready? The fear of man will lead you to be quiet. The fear of man causes you to be silent. Don't talk about Jesus. All right. More on the fear of man. In Acts 4 and 5, there's an arrest. And Peter is brought before the council. Verse 19 of chapter 4. Peter responds and, and John responds and said, look, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you make that decision. You make your own judgment. But as for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. The fear of God opens you up in front of people. The fear of man closes you up in front of people. They, they keep talking about Jesus. And so there's a second arrest in chapter 5, Peter says, they told him, hey, we gave you strict orders not to talk. What are you doing? And Peter says, we must obey God rather than men. The fear of God. Psalm 56, in God is what I praise. In God I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can a mere mortal man do to me? So, John 19. This is really interesting. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. Being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, requested of Pilate that he might take the body of Jesus for burial. A secret disciple for fear of the Jews. What about the fear of nature, forces of nature? Yeah. The storm on the lake, Jesus says, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? We're afraid of things. Um, Paul said, hey, I know the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. It drives me to ministry. Psalm 66. It's, I love this. Come in here, all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. You know what? When we are afraid of man and we're paralyzed by the fear of man, we close up. We don't talk about Jesus. But when we have the fear of God, we open up. We talk about what God has done. God provides, verse 25 of chapter 6, 
Don't be worried about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. The word is not phobos, it's not fear. Don't be afraid, but it's related. When we fear God, we believe that he will provide for us. Yeah. Um, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled nor fearful. I'm giving you my peace. It's beautiful language. What about repentance? So if you read Malachi, the last prophet, the last book in the Old Testament, there's confrontation after confrontation after confrontation. And then it comes to a point where there's a some of the Jews repent, not all. And it says this, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened attentively and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and esteem his name. And they will be mine, says the Lord. And look at this at verse 18. Because they feared God, you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Serious matter. Just a few more. Does Jesus fear God? Look at this. A shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse. A branch from its roots will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. And because of that, he was able to handle all of his critics. He could pick up a child. He could touch a leper. Beautiful. What would healthy fear look like? Reverence and awe, love. Revelation 14, I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on earth and to every nation, tribe, language, and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. Yeah. How do you do it? Well, here you go. Can you guys, and this is, don't respond. Can you tell the difference between what is holy and unholy? It might be a little harder than you think sometimes. Maybe. Can you tell the difference between holy time and unholy time? God's time, his clock. What about holy people, unholy people? Behaviors and beliefs. What about treating our bodies according to God's will? If you feared God, how would you treat your body? If you feared God, how would you value and treat people? Do you have the courage to represent the character of God and the word of God in public places, public discourse? Politics, consumer choices. Or is God and, and faith something that's boxed, you know, like a little bento box, right? It's a little compartmentalized. And, you know, we do some things at 10 o'clock and, and then we're done on Sundays, you know. Do we love what God loves and hate what God hates? Yeah. 
So I want to I wanna ask you to join me in this. To speak words of wisdom, be dignified, be kind, be wise on the fear of the Lord. What do you think? You're the church. How would we functionally live out the fear of God? How should it function in our lives? Can it become unhealthy? What if, what if it's such a lackadaisical relationship that there's, there's no gravity, nothing serious about your faith? What do you think? You're the church. How do we live this out? Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit inspired scripture and the words he chose to use and all. And here's here to use the fear of God and the fear of the Lord is the same. Would you distinguish between the use yeah. of God and Lord in this? Yeah, thank you, Lee. And technically I wouldn't. I think they're both the same, although it can be argued that that the fear of God is specifically God the Father and the fear of the Lord can be both the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But functionally, they're the same. Yeah. Think of the Lord as the covenant-keeping God. <clears throat> yeah. Typically in Hebrew, it's Elohim, typically. Some, and a lot of times it's Adonai in Hebrew, so, um, which is creator God, but also the Lord is in covenant-keeping God. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, anybody, how do we live this out? The fear of God. Chris, it appears that only in God do fear and hope both function in positive, drawing near to the Lord ways. Whereas in among in man or with man, we fear that something's going to happen and we have hope that that doesn't happen. We have hope that something happens, but we fear it's not going to happen. So they're, they're contradictory there to yeah. each other. But only in, in Christ and God and in the Godhead do those things both those point towards the same direction. I think. Mm, that's good. That's very good, Stephen. Thank you. Somebody else? It hit me when Jesus said, oh, you Yeah, and so you're getting at it, Allison. So technically, uh, fear and faith have everything to do with each other. Everything, yeah. 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 You know, for example, uh, we don't want to be hungry and go without food, right? We don't want to be embarrassed and go without clothing. And so if we have faith that God not only can feed a bird and clothe a flower, then we can relax that we will be fed and will be covered, okay? So, the core issue is belief. And if we really believe it's true, then we can fear God and not people. So, anybody here get their taxes raised? 
Anybody here get their taxes raised, property taxes? Woo! <laughs> Man, you know. They, they, they tax your table, they tax your bed, they tax everything, right? And, and they're taking money. What do you do when the money runs out? And you can't, you can't put food on the table, you know? Do we trust God? Yes. I think, Chris, too, that um, <clears throat> Proverbs, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you go through the Proverbs and it's all this great stuff, yeah. you know. But <clears throat> can you finish everything, anything, if you don't begin? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, it goes back to said earlier, you know, that yeah. how we live our lives, if we don't begin it with this reverence and awe yeah. and yeah. Some, some bit of terror, That's good, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you very much. So do you guys, you know, with Christ's esteem, we're literally taking on his sense of self. And that being the case, did Jesus, I'm using rhetoric, did he do a good job role modeling how to fear God? Well, sure. Okay. So do you see Jesus walking about, hiding? Oh, no, God's going to get me. No, you don't see that. You see him so relaxed and so confident that he can go toe-to-toe with a Pharisee and say, you snake, what a hypocrite you are. You're like, a, you're like a whitewashed tomb, and inside you're full of rottenness. You know. And then he can pick up a little child and say, this little guy like Cassidy, man, the kingdom of my father belongs to this stuff right here. You know, this is it. And then he can touch a leper, and then he can, he can literally tease and intentionally force the intellectual capacity of a Syrophoenician woman and say, hey, the bread goes to the children first and not the dogs. Was he being mean? Well, culturally, he's certainly being edgy, but he was pushing her to see if she could really think, and she says, yes. That's true. But even a dog can feed off a crumb. And I bet you he smiled and said, because of your answer, your daughter's healed. Patch, you know, the only woman, the only person in all the Gospels that got inside the story, inside the parable and responded. The only one. Amazing one. He could do that with confidence. And when he prayed, he prayed with confidence. He could sleep in a boat when the storm was raging. Man, to walk in that kind of grace, to walk in that kind of wisdom. By the way, this all reflects wisdom. 
conflicts with them. So. And all that wisdom comes from faithfully being the S word. Knowing what it says, letting the Holy Spirit teach you yeah. and give you that wisdom. Because if we don't know what God's word says, how can we believe? Yeah. Yeah. understand how much you said that there's a sliding scale um, in context around the fear of God. I think a lot of times non-believers will use the fear of God as a weapon against Christians because they say, well, if he's your God, why are you afraid of him? If you love him, why are you afraid of him? Because at a basic level, fear is motivation. So it's important to be strong in your faith and understand that, yes, it can be motivating, but it's not all it is. It's more, like you said, that sliding scale, there's that reverence, there's the respect and confidence. Because you said Jesus would walk around with confidence. He had a fear of God. It was because he knew what was in his corner, not the big bad boogeyman ready to zap him. Yeah, that's so good, Charlie. Thank you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus never said, uh, um, I, I, got, I got to talk to y'all and tell y'all some things, and uh, I'm really afraid if I don't, I'm going to get whooped, or God's going to get me with a lightning bolt. So I'm really afraid to tell you this, you know. So um, listen, are those who are hungry, they're going to be filled someday. Oh, <laughs> He didn't do any of that stuff. He walks out such grace and poise. Look at 1 John 4. By this love is perfected with us so that we have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, we also are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Wow, John gets it. That love is the deep, deep motivation to do the things that please God. It's love. And there's a big difference. I, I think as, as a young believer, I was obedient out of fear. It's got to come a point, though, where you're obedient because of what he did. Yeah. Just that, that reverence and awe and gratefulness and understanding because of what he has That's so good, Edie. All right, pop quiz. You ready? And this one means nobody talk. (laughs) Nobody talk on this one, all right? Um, I want you to get real honest with your secret sin, okay? The one nobody knows about, okay? Your secret sin. And that thing that when the temptation hits, whoa, I mean, it'll take your breath away. And it's a fight to say no to that sin, okay? The fear of God at that moment can make a tremendous difference in how you approach that temptation. It can make a real difference, you know? 
if you have the awareness that there's nothing hidden from the eyes of God, nothing. Not only can God see the outward, God sees the heart. Okay, nothing is hidden. And if you have that sense of awareness, and if you have your heart at a place where you want to please him in all things, not just some things, when you're facing temptation, the fear of God can have a tremendous impact on you choosing to be holy over what is unholy. Does that make sense? When anxiety overcomes you, because you're not you, you're you're running out of money. There's more month than there's money, or you're being passed over at work, and others are being promoted ahead of you for a variety of reasons. Seeking to please God can make all the difference in the world. You know. Um, Yeah, fear of man versus fear of God. So. I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. All that God is preparing for those who, what did he? Who love him. Who love him. Who love him. So. All right, I'm going to pray over you. Um. Abba Father, uh, here we are. We're your, we're your church. We're your bride. We are the wife that is betrothed to you. And you're caring for us. And you want to wash us with the word. And you're faithful. Lord, help us to please you and love you. Not when it's convenient or when it might help us look good on a Sunday morning. But to love you and please you in all things, please. To have the heart, uh, an, an obedient heart of a good child, a good son who's seeking to please dad, a good daughter seeking to please mom. Um, thank you that you are so merciful and you... You do not count iniquities because if you did, nobody could stand. But there's forgiveness with you. There's mercy that, that we can know you and relate to you and, and learn more and more about what it means to love you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who modeled perfectly what it means to have a fear of you and yet to love you with all his heart. And this is the way that we should go. We love you and we thank you in his name. Amen.